afternoon, America. This is Jerry Rhodes coming to you from Chicago, Illinois. Today's podcast is a Barbara Ann War in the Mideast. Remember John McCain, who was singing the song, Barbara Ann, Barbara Ann, by the Beach Boys? Bomb, 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 ran, bomb, bomb, bomb. Bomb, bomb, brand. Clever, not for justifying a five hundred billion dollar military bivouacked around the world, stirring the pot. If not, why are our current and past leaders building a fleet of a hundred B twenty one bombers, spending a hundred billion of borrowed money, and a fleet of six autonomous Oric? Sub, uh, autonomous submarines to plant hammerhead mines in our surrounding oceans, spending 600 million of borrowed money to deter or infer death and destruction, if not to scare the bad guys in the world into peaceful coexistence. As Kissinger himself negotiated with Gorbachev, too bad he died a couple weeks ago. Peace with the strength of what? Fear. That's the way I interpret the, the, the kind of money we're spending to scare the rest of the world into submission to our ways. And we don't run the world anymore. Not even the UN. Then China's alliances in the Mideast will do it with bigger and better bombs and landmines. So they can scare the USA into submission as they employ USA to their will as the consumers of the worldwide global trade war, bankrupting us with the Green New Deal and taking over the collateral under Chapter 15 of the International Bankruptcy Law, claiming due to insolvency, this redistribution of the USA USA's wealth for the greater good of the world. They could claim that they're going to solve poverty around the world as Bill Gates says he's going to do. And then doesn't. The treasury that treasuries that the 30 countries hold are backed by our collateral farmland, precious metals, gold, silver, uranium, plutonium, oil natural gas, government institutions, companies, states, cities, towns, big and large businesses as consumers and stockpiles of raw materials for weapons of mass destruction and infrastructure repair to protect our borders. If, if we finally decide to close them, if any two of the holders of our debt claim America is insolvent, they can demand dissolution of and distribution of the collateral and payment of their principal and accrued interest or discounts. Oh, that could never happen. Well, I'm saying it only because of information that is reported on the death clock, U.S. death 
or not death, but that that clock in Times Square in New York City. And if you'd care to look at that in depth, you can get the app from Apple App Store, uh, WWS debt clock.org and it will show you why I'm concerned about America being insolvent. These so-called investments in weapons of mass destruction are on borrowed money. Taxpayers' money is gone in March and, and the rest of the deficit is covered by borrowed money. And property taxes and sales taxes go to the state local governments to be able to you know, stay in business. This is a, a, the biggest and greatest business ever invented by, invented by the, the pilgrims. You've heard my, book, my podcast, that explains exactly how free market enterprise was discovered, invented, and is what makes us great. And yes, it must be established that we pay our bills. Uh, that's what Thomas Jefferson said, do not borrow more than you earn. And we've been doing that 79 times. We've defaulted on these treasuries backed by this collateral 79 times. So this is not just a conspiracy scare. Any CPA in this country that would go and look at the debt clock, and most of them haven't even looked or heard of it, um, would agree that when the when you look at the facts that the fact that our our current debt and our future obligations exceed our ability to pay um, principal principal plus interest or discounted treasury bonds, we're insolvent. It's the insolvency that everyone should be concerned about. Not who's going to be our next president, because they're just going to continue to do the same thing, but faster. We need leaders that are going to do something different, faster, and that's sanity. And I'm proposing my letters to them and my books that uh, Mitt Romney, uh, because of his background experience in Bain Capital, which is expert in bailing out bankrupt uh, organizations, and institutions, which is, this has become. And Joe Manchin, who has been the swing vote that stopped the insanity of the current Democrat proposed infrastructure bills and so-called uh, inflation stopper bill uh, because of gridlock. And so uh, uh, a rhino, um, Mitt Romney, Republican name only, and Joe Manchin, a Democrat name only, I am, I am asking them to lead the American Enterprise Swing Vote Party to pull America back together and have a plan of reorganization, downsize government, upsize enterprise. Every agency that's called an institution of government would be privatized. And I can list them all, but you can, you can get the list yourself, starting with healthcare and education transportation, farm, agriculture, all of our collateral that's hanging out there with seven trillion of treasury bills held outside the United States. And the rest of them, I don't, I, 
I'm not sure I even have a total on it. 70% of treasury bills in total are owned by American investors through the bond market. And it has an inverted yield right now. If you get paid 1.4% for a 30 year and for a 10 year, you get 4.1 interest. You know, it used to be when America's paper was safe and secure, the long-term bonds, treasury bills, notes, tips would be making 4% or five or maybe six. The stock market has been throwing off 10% for 50 years. And it's in danger if, uh, if this all collapses around us uh, and China and their alliances take over without a shot, without a dropping any bomb, 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 Iran, bomb, 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 and bomb, Iran. That's craziness. No, we need to stand for peace and we need to be investing our money in our interior and in infrastructure, not rebuilding Ukraine when, when it could have been stopped and not building more and more weapons of mass destruction that we hope no one gets a hold of or used because the atom bomb as a deterrent was destroyed by, by our worst president ever, Truman, after President Delano Roosevelt died. He would have never done that. He would have kept it as a deterrent. It would have been a deterrent. It is no longer a deterrent. The only deterrent we have now is to be uh, liquid. We need to be able to make money and throw off cash flow to pay down our current debt. And the current debt's 34 trillion that needs to be paid every year. And, uh, and it's not, it's accumulated compound interest because of the deferment of the, and defaulting on the debt clock. So the message today is whatever is planned for bombing Iran would be crazy. When in effect, we are not now, the big brother of, of the world, we've been displaced. And it's not because that we aren't great. We need to keep America great, not make it great again. We need to have leaders that are, are skilled in an offense, not investing all this under the guise of defense. We don't have an offense. In, in Afghanistan, it was don't shoot until shot at, and we lost 21 Marines, uh, because of that, maybe it's 13, 21, I don't know. It, was, it killed a bunch of Afghans too. So something's not working here. And so I'm proposing that we have a third party, that it be the American Enterprise swaying vote party that stops all the craziness. Doesn't have to control the world until the end of the century, as each party thinks that they are going to do. They're just shooting at each other and getting nowhere. And why would we expect them to solve the problems when they call them issues and they cause the problems? And their attorneys, bankers, economists, there isn't anybody in there you call entrepreneur. Oh no, they didn't go to Harvard or Yale. They learned the law. They learned how to control um, people with laws, regulations, squeezing entrepreneurs and those that work, which I call the American socialists, socialists are our human capital and our American capitalists are those that start businesses, make the payrolls, uh, invent things, make money, throw off profit, 
to to the shareholders and employees and uh, use the rest for developing uh, capitalizing new technology and not just robots to replace us or AI to recreate a song. I, I went and saw a, a poem recreating a song and then I, I gave out certain scores if you could make it better. Well, the singing of it, you can also attach that song to a singer that sounds just like Billy Joel or Swifty. So that's the that's the uh, podcast for today. I stick my neck out. I'm only doing things that are in the view of Americans if they go and take a look. And then you might reconsider how you're going to vote in the 2024 election and 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 the midterms from now on because we need to break the gridlock. We need to bring divided America back to the center to do some solutions to problems, not debating issues and calling everything else politically correct or Trump's fault or Biden's fault. It's the fault of leadership. And uh, we have to deal with it before our leaders are coming from Asia and South America and Central America or north of the borders. So pass this on and hopefully we can get some momentum to fixing the problems, not pissing at each other with the issues. Uh, This is a poem in the Ninth Wonder of the World. It's called Americanism. What's capitalism? My grandson, who will vote for the first time, asked me. It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds upon people's income and restores itself for growth and prosperity. What's socialism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds upon its followers and kills initiative growth and prosperity. What's communism? It's socioeconomics where the few feeds upon the remains of the many. What's fascism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds on fear and death. Well, then what is Americanism? It's socioeconomics where the outcome feeds the greater in the great enterprise for the greater good. Okay, what's liberal? It's socioeconomics where bigger government, more laws, and taxes feeds on feeds the few at the cost of the many. What's conservative? It's socioeconomics where smaller government, fewer laws, and taxes feeds the many at the direction of the few. What's centrist? It's socioeconomics where decentralized government, fewer laws and taxes, feeds the many a third-party alternative that conserves what the few liberals, progressives, and conservatives waste. I call it the American Enterprise Party pyramid. It supports downsizing governments and upsizing enterprise. It's socioeconomics, where the new laws are limited to pass one and get rid of ten. 
get rid of redundancy of regulations and agencies between federal and state, reducing fixed overhead by 50%. Get rid of lifetime Supreme Court judges, limit terms of congressmen, legislative electives as we have with the president and governors. Get rid of full-time career politicians, lobbyists, and regulators. Get rid of patronage jobs and committee appointees at all levels of government. Get rid of tenure for public workers and officials. Get rid of nepotism and inheriting public office once held by a relative. Require every American who draws Social Security, work, workman's comp, workers' comp, disability, food stamps, pensions, Medicare, Medicaid will be involved in government for two years. Well, this might be better termed Americanism, which is American capitalism working with American socialism that creates the great American enterprise and is applied with peaceful coexistence Americanism. For the, for the rest of the world, it would be peace on earth, goodwill to men and women. Amen. This is uh, recording number two of my favorite poem in uh, my poetry book, The Eighth Wonder of the World. It's called My America, the Bountiful. My America is the feeling of freedom. It's the feeling good when you get up in the morning and can decide what you're going to do that day, who you're going to see, and what you're going to say. It's the feeling that you can make a difference. It's the feeling you can produce your product, you can sell your produce, and you can benefit from your hard work unhindered. It's the feeling when you help your children with their homework so they'll be able to see their knowledge for growth, for maturity, for the good of the country. It's the feeling when you send them off to school, knowing they will receive a concerned teacher's attention, sensitivity, and guidance, and knowing as they grow up, they will thrive on their freedom to communicate, to express themselves, to direct their own destiny. It's the feeling when they graduate from grade school, junior high, and high school, that they are taking the steps towards a better life. And when you give their hand away in matrimony, that happiness shall be theirs. For together, as husband and wife, they can create the same and even more opportunities for their offspring. It's the feeling when you can unchain your dog and watch her run, free for the, at least a little while, to watch the expression on her face when she re, she's released from the shackles and the sadness that reappears when she must be chained. My America is the freedom of choice to buy the bread I want to buy, to acquire the goods I can afford to acquire, to invest my capital I have saved in ventures I want to take for the good of my family and my country. Continued. My country is being able to communicate in writing, speaking, and in whatever form language takes, my opinions, my thoughts, my prayers, my visions, and my dreams to those who want to listen and to those enemies of America, of the America way, who in themselves have not discovered America. My America is the blooming rose that has the freedom to grow, 
toward a clear sky and warm sun, being able to complete its cycle from bloom to plumage to autumn, to a dormant grave only to rise again. My America is the personal commitment to grab opportunities that will better the country and to set an example for those who follow. What you give must be in proportion to what you take, or the erosion shall remove the sky, the sun, and the earth from our grasp. For in our America and the world, resources are limited. The energy, though absolute, is redistributed by our wills. The more astute, the more free we are to create, the better the use of the resources. And left in God's hands, through our America, we create goodwill, good products, good people, and peace of mind. My America, the bountiful. Oh yes, my America, the vision of the poet, the words of the orator, and the minds of the leaders. Be kind, be patient, be wise, but above all, humble to the reasons and the heritage of our freedom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil ventures and purposes. For thine is mine America, as the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. So help us, God. Amen. Lazy fair. Well, okay. I'll call it la laissez-faire, not lazy fair. Mm -hmm. Laissez-faire. Abstention of government restraint of trade. Free enterprise, free trade, free market capitalism. What is laissez-faire? Is it economics, American style? No, it's enterprise, American style. Controlled by capital, controlled by workers, controlled by uh, corporations, controlled by government, controlled by seller, a monopoly, or, or controlled by the buyer, a monopsony? Or is it controlled by Congress, 90% attorneys, lawmakers, takers, squeezing out the market makers, business shakers, criminal fakers, immigrant slackers, and foreign takers? The balance is in jeopardy. Being twisted by regulators, being pounded by dissenters, being grounded by speculators, being questioned by senators, being challenged by, challenged by legislatures. Let's save America in enterprise, American enterprise. Will it be the Blue Party? No. Will it be the Red Party? No. Will it be the Independent Party or the Tea Party? Who will it be? Well, ask the 160 million workers who pay all the bills, 46 different taxes and growing, 40% government overhead, heaped on small business costs. The Federal Reserve is unfettered, creating debt, a debt-driven economy and enterprise. Well, we don't have laissez-faire. We have laissez-faire. Unemployment compensation, food stamps, workman's comp, disability claims, paid leave, illegal workers, all the new entitlements are the demise of the American work ethic. How about electing someone like Donald Trump or Joe Biden and 50 governors who represent American enterprise? Not bigger, bigger, BBB, or make America great again, American enterprise and call it the American Enterprise Party. 
that stands for Keep America Great, with a voting block of 160 million workers, 77 million baby boomers, 40 million independents, 40 million ARP members. So if you agree, order my book today, The American Enterprise Party, Political Party Trilogy, a third party for laissez-faire capitalism which marries monetary capital to human capital that produces laissez-faire enterprise that we have labeled and pursue as the American dream, the American the American what? Our America. That's another poem that I wrote. My America, their America, and our America should all be the same. So we are pursuing now in my American Enterprise Political Party Swing Vote trilogy that we should have a third party. One that has a platform, has a plan, and has a... Um, what solution to the problems not the issues what do you think about that Sharon mm. Mm. I think it's okay <laughs> <laughs> how would you vote thumbs up or thumbs down um, it's thumbs up for it mm-hmm. yeah that's right. Yeah, well, you and I are the only members so far here. <laughs> and the podcast, uh, but I will utilize this particular poem, Laissez-Faire, L-A-I-S-S-E-Z-F-A-I-R-E, rather than Lazy-Faire, which is a, a country where the borders are open and everybody's got their hand out thinking they're going to get a piece of the disappearing American pie, which means you got to learn to earn, you got to have to have a skill to build, to work in, in not the economy, but in the free market enterprise. The distinction between economics and enterprise should be made at the earliest point in our school system by having the students in grade school, junior high, high school, and college, being able to quote from the Wealth of Nations written by a Scotsman in the 1700s and George Orwell's book uh, Animal Farm in 1984, written in the 1940s, predicting as what, ha as what happened in Russia, the takeover by the few to control the many. So that's the message, and we will continue with our podcast to be able to move, uh, create a movement to a third party that will pull the other two parties towards the middle, and we will get content consensus legislation would be the objective. And the goal is, is to have America, the bountiful, continue to be the leader in the world of not economics, but 
laissez-faire enterprise. This is called uh, Learn to Earn a Skill to Build. Listen or learn, just do it. Don't try it, don't fry it, don't stew it. Don't marinate or procrastinate, for time won't wait on fate. Just do it. Listen, earn through it. Don't age it or brew it. Just get to it and do it. Climb out of your pit, fried and alkalized because of a sensitive pride. The opportunity died. Listen, learn, do it. Don't make it, don't fake it. Just take it upon yourself. No one else will do it. Listen, learn, get to it. Because if you don't, there's no blame to be had. It's really not sad or bad. So if you do it, because they've never, they never get around to it, and you'll always be in the minority by not treating sex as romance. For those who perform the puppet dance and curse love as a circumstance, afraid to take a chance, impaled on their own lance, trying to avoid their concern without the meaning of a caress because they didn't listen or learn how to just do it without distress, with a loving life and wife in the pursuit of happiness. Oh yes, learn to earn and have a skill to build is the route to happiness and Life's Caress. This is uh, in the Ninth Wonder. It's pretty long. I'll try to get a little bit of passion in this one. Born to Choose. Winners are born, not made. Losers are made, not born. What this says, and it says it well, is that everyone's born a winner until they learn to be a loser. So they're born with the potential and everything essential for being a winner. But along the way, during some stormy day, they learn to lose. Left to fate to choose. Losers are made, not born. From the soul of winners to wit we mourn. They had their chances, you say. If they're losers, they must want it that way. To wit we are all choosers. We winners cannot condone with their failures at play, with their lack of guts and backbone, or just doing it their way. Or we, too, shall be in the red zone. Winners are born to not lose, left with the epitaph of theirs alone, since you're what you choose. Starting with ingredients, much like wines and marmalades, add the good sense and age, it for a few decades, for aging will add a tasteful finish, and the sweet caress of the winner, but hanging on the vine, will diminish and let those losers be the center. And if you care to wilt, to wilt thou explosion, either in their mind by circumstance, the vine they have chosen, or the lack of romance, because if they care to become, a, to become wine, then let them seek the incline to the divine, above all, including being the vine. But is this too cruel of our great American opportunity? Is this the curtailment of the fuel given to us by the Redeemer of 
infidelity. Maybe if we would try, pry open the loser's eyes, not for each to his own and his own to be, making those decisions for being wise may be better than a misunderstood reality. Help him realize here under God's Son that winning a prize is available to anyone. For to us he gave the power to become a blooming rose and not a wilted flower in a dejected pose. So maybe you preachers should preach, and maybe the books can tell. So you teachers can teach that all is not well. Pick yourself up as beginners so losers can stay out of hell. Not just listen for the winner's first-round bell. Wipe yourself off, and if somebody calls you a replete, scoff while standing on your own feet, for the mind of the Almighty design is winners are born, not made, and losers are made, not born or benign, and choosers making up their lemonade, hopefully not waiting too long with pretensions. Losing may be just missing the gong, with purgatory only full of good intentions of those born to choose, not lose. Add your own ending. Were you born and did you choose or lose? Hmm. Amen to that one. This is a poem in uh, The Ninth Wonder of the World. Uncommon Sense. The babe is born, oh so pure. The child is raised to be secure. The adolescent is a test in a sense. The adult is the rest of experience. Nothing is the purity of the newborn. Something is the care of a childish scorn. Half-truths threaten a teenage love. Reality is the end of what maturity thinks of. Yet life can be good. Yes, life can be what it should, taken in the proper context of weakness and needless sex. But only the living live, as only the giving give, while the takers are cheap and the dozens on end don't dare leap, sensing the churn of doubt and letting only cheerleaders shout why it's better to do than seek kicks from a brew. But if and however the babe is born for a reason and flowers aren't the victims of a season, then I can understand why a prince would grow to king through experience, even if ugly and crass with the charm of an ass if the money is at their backs, in spite of the facts, talking of more lawmaking and lower tax. A king of no man's land, standing in sinking sand, where experience makes dollars and cents when we need common sense. Vote for the goat or the moat. Neither can bail the boat when we need a scout to turn the country about. Exercising common sense is so uncommon that it doesn't exist and larger is better and a prodigal son, an effective third party for a contrast before our freedoms 
are last to institute, lost to institutions to vast before our freedoms are last to institutions too vast. Is that where we are or where we're going or where we've been? I'd say all three. Taking a look at the future with common sense would dictate that we need a swing vote third party playing referee, keeping things in the middle of the road Moderation and common sense will lighten the load and continue to keep America great. This is a poem in my Tenth Wonder of the World. It's called My Bottoms Up. I took the plunge into the unknown with nothing but a nudge, and my goals were overthrown and overblown, tendered a challenge or two. Nothing smooth, just you can construe somewhat of a groove. And a lot at the helm, bottoms up awash then, overwhelm, turned upon my back to them. Fore and aft under attack, pride and ego hurt, nothing to do, can't avert. Perceive fright and doom, turn night into hell, and the past in the gloom, while reality rung my bell. Drinkers have remorse, the promiscuous get a divorce, but the bankrupt feel the bottom come up, while the head goes down, spinning values round and round, until they can be stopped, slowing and then starting into another forest stopped, another venture with a gun-shy look at human nature, strung out but coming round. My bottom hadn't lost anything it hasn't found. My bottom's up. It's a new round. Oh, boy. It comes on slowly, and then it happens. You don't pay them, and then they stay them with the bankruptcy law. It can get us all. Another poem in the Tenth Wonder called Dignity. Feeling good about your values? No life can live in confinement without perversion of values. The like of freedoms, speech, thought, consent, reaction tears down the resistance to evil. Any life can live up to expectations set too low, but living down high expectations lowers one's confidence. Who can quite know which road to take? Those who take one live on with high acceptance for effort. Those who hesitate lose their dignity in doubting their values, sacrificing progress to stagnation until it becomes a bad habit. A survivor is just that, a lowering of values until all is lost to winning back dignity. Once retrieved, dreams can be conceived. Actions taken are believed, and dignity once again is achieved. Give me dignity or give me death to my last dignified breath. 
your honor, your honor, I did not mean to ignore the debt. I, and I continued to make the bet that we would prevail with debt. This is another poem in the Tenth Wonder. This, it's wonderful. The same difference. All our lives we dream of being different. We strive for independence and our freedom. Some of us achieve a sense of self-expression. We become a spring and off-season. But the truly different ones are the same. That look in their eye, the gait of their walk, the smile and the way they get low or, or high, or get low to high. Most of all, it's more than chemical talk. It's a style, the top of the rock, the layer of silk, the leader of the flock. Look into the essence and scene, and you'll find the same difference. It's in the seal at sea. It's in the descendant of the marine. It's the heart of tis of thee. It's in the heritage of the queen. It's in the limbs of our tree. It's in Kip, Kim, Callie, and Christie. And today I'm convinced my wife and I are the fence, separating the same infants, a credit to the same difference. To this I give credit to where it belongs, coming to us from our heirs, speaking to us in their poems and songs. That Kip sings, Kim draws, Kelly conceives, Christy achieves. The same difference in our grandchildren, great-grandsons and daughters inherited from our fathers and mothers and the Holy One. Uh, the family tree. They all fall very close to me and thee, Sharon. This is an, another poem. Uh, Sherry and I sat at the breakfast table wondering how and why I wrote these or recited these. And I keep saying I recited them because they're much better than the ones that I have handwritten or thought up and never put down to paper. It's called Persist and Succeed. I will persist. I will succeed. Such is the blow in the ring, impaled by the picador. To try, try, try again, tested for bravery, is the bull, is the man. Neither conceived as a sheep, a man must persist to attain success, the bull must persist to be the best. A life that isn't in sight, noble but not desirable, desirable, more likely thought implausible. As implausible as the sword and the way of the bull, the failure to the fear, not like the effort of. As ants devouring a lion one bite at a time, or the raindrop ending a mountain one drop at a time, not the effort towards cutting down the tallest oak tree with the most meaningless strokes persistently applied <coughs> until it falls to one stroke at a time, though not self-evident. Resistance always falls to persistence and is attainable through the persistent effort 
of the ants, the raindrop, and the blade. This is liberty and eventual will to succeed, whose success is likened to a weed, as the ugliest of every living thing. It dies each fall and lives again each spring. For it's lust for life that comes one day at a time, and as you can persist until trying still, all it takes is more will than skill, and a red cape in the face of the kill. We all have that desire. Do we allow it turn allow it to turn to fire? Then either can consume us or kill the problem. Amen. <laughs> Here I am again with the ninth wonder. It seems in reading today that it would be maybe the best wonder. It's called foresight. Yesterday should have been my day. The aftermath is so hard to take. Why can't I go to sleep right away instead of laying here awake? Why do my sheep seem to be jumping backwards and the days stretch into torturous fears? Why are my lips forming dry words and my eyes void of tears? When in reality, if I were to lift my eyes, not just looking over my shoulder, listening for the echo from the wise and this regret of growing older, having taken another painkiller, the wise and the winds, winds even get high on screamers, th screams thriller with questions as my age ascends, with thoughts of life, Life's avoidable intersection, for some eroding reason, I am still chasing perfection. So the sink of my life has this lesion. The mission is erratic, much like my personal prison. The patterns and passages all reek with static. But above all this is that positive reason. The reason that says, age, brother, bothers you, the, the reason that says age bothers you, and if you were to take a second in your own personal pain so your soul can beckon you to be to a happy good old boy <coughs> and drink from tomorrow's cup, smile and contemplate the joy as thoughts of the end do corrupt, to the insight as to why it's not so and the reasons don't need an occasion. They relentlessly move on to mortality, couched in human needs and conclusion. Essentially, above all, we confess. Hindsight is the root of hate. Insight is the root of kindness. Foresight is the root of love and fate. Such wisdom is the roots of youth, foreseeing through life's blind spots, as foresight is the roots of truth, not forget-me-nots with the future rooted in our youth, and old age is the staging booth. Staging booth for what? For the journey hereafter. Where is hereafter? Well, you'll have to read my poem, Hereafter. <laughs> <laughs>